Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. We are going to be talking about Ruins of Chaos by Amelia Hutchins. It is the third book in the Legacy of the Nine Realms series. It's not the last book, though. There's still going to be more, so that's good. It is going to be an After Dark episode, so you remember that that means that we will be discussing um, sex. There will also be cursing, so moving on from that, I am going to start with the character descriptions, and Marissa will do the plot. We're introduced to Crystal. She is a witch working for Ilsa and Lord Anders. She is a dark witch and is able to imitate other people's faces and scents. We meet Lord Carter. He's one of Nox's lords and is a total asshole. He wants all witches dead, especially Hecate witches. He is described as having crystal blue eyes. We finally get names to the creatures inside Nox and Arya. So Nox's creature is called Lennox and Arya's creature has been named Ember. We learn more information about Kamara. Um, she's mentioned in the first book, but we didn't really see too much of her, hear too much of her. She is um, a daughter of Hecate and was said to be the strongest out of all of Hecate's daughters. We meet Celia. She's Nox's sister-in-law. She is a complete bitch. She is power hungry and has a thing for Nox. They slept together once. She's able to use magic. She's described as being petite and blonde. And she's a bitch. <laughs> we meet Gideon, Mateo, and Phaedron. They're Nox's brothers. We also get to see Dorcha, the capital of the kingdom of Norvella, where the palace is located. Marissa, you want to review our plot for this book? Yes! So Ruins of Chaos picks up from Nox's perspective around the same time as where Ash is left off. So he and some of his men are at Steely Keep, where all but one of its residents have been brutally murdered by dark witches. The one living resident, who's the child of the Lord and Lady of the Keep, reveals that Lord Andres betrayed them all, unleashing the witches that released a deadly mist which overtook and killed everyone. So Knox, realizing that Lord Andres was left back at his camp with Arya, sends word for Lore, Killian, and Greer to meet him with Arya. However, when they do not arrive at the expected time, Knox becomes suspicious. They hear a pained keening sound in the distance, and so they take off toward it to investigate what it is. Now, at the end of Ashes, Arya, Greer, Killian, and Lore were ambushed by witches on their way to meet with Nox. And so Arya's story picks up, like, right after this has happened. She's been captured by a witch called Crystal, as well as Lord Andres and his men. And they take Arya to a camp of witches where Crystal intends to kill Arya and use magic to trick Nox into thinking that Crystal is Arya. Arya escapes. Um, and some of the witches in, that she finds in the woods help her, but Lord Andres catches up to her and he murders the witches who helped her. And then he sexually assaults Arya. And it is at this point that not that her 
um, creature releases a rattle, which is a call for help, which was the sound that Knox and his men heard out in the woods and took off towards. So Knox and his men show up and they murder Lord Andres and his remaining men and they rescue Arya. And in a shocking turn of events, Knox is actually really sweet to Arya for more than like five minutes. But we know such things never last with him. So they return to camp the next day. And Arya is escorted to Knox's tent where she's able to bathe. And while Knox is questioning her about what happened when she's kidnapped, she reveals that the witch, Crystal, said that she had previously used her magic to trick the king into believing that a woman who was not actually his mate was his mate by manipulating her scent and appearance. And so Arya realizes as she's saying this that the witch was actually talking about Knox and his wife Liliana and Knox is infuriated by this and attempts to drown Arya in her bathwater. Uh, where Knox is beginning to question his relationship with his wife in the last book, this revelation really takes things to a new level for him. And so since Knox doesn't really know how to cope with his feelings, he is awful to Arya and she becomes so distraught and unhappy that her creature removes his claiming mark from her shoulder taking the tissue down to the bone and she stops communicating with Knox and his comrades for a few days. As Knox and company continue to travel toward his home castle in Dorsha, they encounter several keeps which have been overtaken by dark witches who've murdered all of the residents and Lord Carter, one of Knox's men, um, joins him in this in his fight to liberate these keeps and so in one situation Knox leaves lore behind with Arya and goes with Lord Carter to battle and Knox and his forces destroy the dark witches but Knox also senses a Hecate witch nearby and so he captures Arya's sister Callista who had been hiding in the woods at that keep. And so Knox, of course, thinks that Arya has somehow schemed with her sister, so he brings her to the battlefront, and Arya is distraught to see that Callista has been captured, and she unleashes an insane amount of magic and power to destroy all of the remaining dark witches. She uses her powers to raise the keep to the ground while raining down meteors and hellfire from the sky, and she grows a meadow in place of the castle. Knox and everyone else are just shocked to see the amount of power that she was able to wield. And so he uses Callista as leverage to get Arya to agree to help him liberate the keeps between their current location and Orvala and to continue to fight with him in the war against witches once they reach Norvala. So Knox releases Callista but she's got a magical tracker attached to her, which will allow him to find where Arya's family is hiding. Things remain tense between Knox and Arya, and she admits that she will never stop trying to escape him, that she wants and deserves better for her life than to be with a man who will never love her or treat her with any care. As Arya spends more time among, among Nox's people, she begins to bond with the other witches in the camp, especially Soraya and Siobhan, who were introduced in the last book, um, as well as with the children of the witches. And so Arya's 
kindness that she shows the people within the camp is contrary to how Knox's witches have perceived Hecate bloodline witches in the past. And so she begins to change their perception of her. And they also begin to understand that she's actually a figure that could serve as a savior to them, to witches as a whole, or light witches, good witches as a whole. In showing that she cares for children, though, Arya reveals one of her weaknesses, which Ilsa uses to her advantage. So when Knox and company stop at an abandoned keep to rest, Ilsa possesses many of the children in the encampment and forces them to kill each other and, and themselves. Arya shatters and realizes that her other weakness, her family, her love for them, May, her family may be extremely vulnerable to attack by Ilsa, and she will do anything to protect them. So she asks Knox for his protection, which he will provide if she agrees to marry him. And she negotiates, but agrees to some pretty unfortunate terms to protect her family as well as to marry him. So Knox and company liberate another keep before making their way to the Beltane Circle, where Arya will bless the lands for fertility, and she and Knox will marry. Arya struggles with agreeing to marry Knox, knowing that he won't be able to provide her with any of the things that she wants for her life, like love or children. But then Knox reveals that Dimitri has been working with him all along, reporting that back to Knox on Arya's family's whereabouts and actions. And Arya, feeling obviously betrayed, rips his heart out of his chest, but unfortunately that's not enough to actually kill him. And she realizes that Knox could have gone for her family all along and she's the only thing keeping him from killing them. So Arya performs the Beltane ceremony and then Knox and Arya marry later that day in a ceremony that feels very sad and lonely for Arya. She half-heartedly participates in the celebrations before making her way back to her cabin. And Knox follows her there, and Arya, feeling ready to attempt sex again after being sexually assaulted twice in Knox's realm, goes on a five-day sex bender with him, and on the fifth day, they are interrupted by Killian, who notifies Knox that another keep has been taken by the witches. Knox, thinking that Arya must somehow be involved, even though she's been riding his beastly cock for the last five days, instantly destroys any of the tender moments they may have shared with each other. And Arya is disappointed, but not surprised. At the next keep, she finds her sister Anya's body mangled and deteriorating in a fountain of hemlock water, which is deathly poisonous to witches. However... This is all an elaborate scheme to get Arya away from Knox. Aiden, the silver-haired man from the last book who wants to mate with Arya, has been working with her sisters to relocate the witches Arya was trying to save and her family since they were all compromised by Dimitri's betrayal. Soraya and Shaban are in on the scheme and they take Arya to the basement where Kinvara, her sister, has opened a portal to allow them to, to escape. However... Knox realizes what's happening, and his inner beast, Lennox, goes ballistic, and he snatches her before she can make it through the portal. Lennox puts, puts Knox in the back seat, and Knox and Lennox have an internal argument where Lennox posits that Arya is actually his mate, and Knox denies it, believing that Liliana and his mate was his mate, and Sven was his child, but Lennox rejects this sentiment and encourages Knox to open his eyes. 
Lennox is here to dominate, and Arya, with a little help from Ember, manages to have sex with Nox's beast, though it is a little challenging. But she does not mark him the way that he marks her, leaving their mating process incomplete. After she and Lennox have sex, Arya begins to literally make a nest, though she doesn't understand why. Dark witches show up outside the keep, ready for a fight. And Ilsa, the High Queen, is actually present. And in a shocking turn of events, Arya's sister, Luna, is by her side. This is not good. Nox chains Arya to a wall, basically. And as the battle starts, she realizes that his life will be endangered by Ilsa's use of the power grid to siphon magic. So Arya bites off her thumbs to liberate herself, to save Nox. And eventually kills Ilsa, but she's not really dead either. (laughs) The king and company pack up and head to Dorsha, where Nox's castle is, and they are greeted warmly, everyone but Arya, by Nox's people, his brothers, and he receives an overly friendly welcome from Celia, Killian and Liliana's sister, who has served as steward of Nox's castle in his absence. She is awful to Arya, slaps her across the face and Arya of course can't defend herself because she'll be attacked and then Celia later makes it very clear that she has every intention of marrying Knox when Arya is dead and really this isn't even the worst of what Celia reveals um, the people of Norvala are terrible to Arya and she's essentially dead inside because of it and the, through much of this story Arya has had suspicions that Nox's wife was manipulated using magic and that she was never who he thought she was and that their son wasn't actually his and that the witches had been manipulating him for several hundred years. Anticipating the fallout from his reaction to this revelation, she begins to hatch an escape plan because his fury will likely result in her death. And it's a good thing she's a planner because when he does find out exactly how badly he's been deceived, his rattle shakes the entire castle and Arya, clever Arya, escapes. And so, without revealing too many spoilers, that's where it ends. This is your spoiler alert. So, if you want to know more about what's going to happen and you like spoilers, you should keep listening. Otherwise, stop, read the book, find out what happens. So, I think this is the best book out of the series. Mm-hmm. And the reason, well, one of the reasons is because. It made me feel so many emotions. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other ones did too, but this one really, like, I spent, I had to emotionally prepare to read this book again, because I feel like it hasn't been that long since we read it. It came out in the beginning of December, I guess. So I had to emotionally prepare myself to read the book. And then I was still just as, like, furious Mm -hmm. and upset as the first time I read it. So that means, you know, it's a good book. And it's just a good book. Arya is so clever. Knox is a total dick. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of, you know, different things revealed as well. A lot of hints that you're given as to what Arya and Knox are. It, yeah. Yeah. It's the book. And I spent most of it very angry though. Yes. <laughs> Just like pissed off the whole time. I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I felt a lot of things while reading this book. I cried a couple of times and even on the second read, I cried a couple of times in different spots too, just because I was so my heart hurt so much for what Aria was experiencing. I just felt so, I mean, her sorrow is just so notable in some situations and I just feel so bad for her. 
It was definitely an emotional read. And then, yes, like pissed off half the time, at least pissed off most of the time. Yeah. Like I felt bad for her, but like how bad I felt for her and what she was going through made me angry. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, especially because she knows she can hurt him back. And she does occasionally, but not often enough for how often, you know, he hurts her. Mm-hmm. And, like, he gives her these speeches about how awful she is, like, or how worthless she is. And uh, just poor Arya, man. And she could get, like, lash back out at him mm-hmm. every time, but she doesn't. And then when she does, they act like, oh, my God, you're so awful. You yeah. need to treat him gently. Yeah. Um, oh my and- god. Again, the coddling. So we saw the coddling in the last book with like, don't push Knox too far. Don't poke him where it hurts. Like literally all he does is poke Arya where it hurts. And when she pushes back, suddenly everyone's like, Well, his wife and son died. Like, okay. <laughs> Five hundred yeah. years ago, his wife and son died. And maybe he needs like some coping mechanisms and um, maybe he needs to to stop being such a dick. (laughs) So many people in this book. So from Arya's family Mm -hmm. and from Knox's little group are like, no, you just have to like give him time. You can turn his heart back on, right? You're making it like beat again and all this Mm -hmm. shit. And I'm like, no, fuck off. It is not her job to do all the emotional labor in this relationship. He does, yes. She's not responsible for dragging him out of his depression and his yes. Stop putting yeah. that on her. Yes. Stop putting that on people in general. Yes, for our girl, 100%. Like, it's exhausting to me. When, like, it's, I feel like Greer does it a lot, and I love Greer. But, like, stop. It's not her job to, like, pull him <laughs> into, like, his humanity again. Like, it's – and. I feel like that responsibility falls to women a lot just in general, but like, it's not your job to make people be nice or caring. That can be our PSA of the week. (laughs) Right off the bat. It's not your responsibility. It's not, you do not have to do all of the emotional work for somebody else. Give them the name of a good therapist and walk away. It's just... Like the first 50 pages in this book, it start it starts out brutal um, from basically everything with like Arya is like physically and sexually assaulted. Um, she jumps off a cliff, like a waterfall again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like the people that help her are murdered in front of her eyes. She's sexually assaulted one more time. And like just the, Oh, the it's heartache. Awful. It, it's, and then she can't stop it either, right? Because yeah. he bites her by trying to, sub, like, um, he tries to subdue her by biting her, and it's mm-hmm. at war with Knox's mark, too. Yeah. And she can't stop that noise. And I just, oh my God, it made me so sad. Although, that leads me to my next thing. Knox, at some point, like, he takes her out into the woods or something Mm -hmm. and he this is after now she's cut off his mark and Mm -hmm. she starts making that noise again yeah so like all the other people who are you know the same as Knox who make that noise like Killian Lore Mm -hmm. right Lore Brander they're all there like trying to comfort Arya and Knox is like I don't understand you know me like putting my mark on her helped her last time and Greer is like 
no, you're the one upsetting her and causing this, like, causing this reaction. Mm-hmm. And Knox gets all upset. Um, and then we find out that, because she wasn't actually, like, really freaked out about it. Knox's creature was basically like, yeah, he sucks and I'm still mad at him, so I made him feel bad. Yeah. He still had a nice dick, but now he, you know, feels like shit. Which yeah. good. He needs to feel yeah. like shit more. He needs I, to feel like shit more. He's a ter- He's terrible to her. And, and I mean, he was awful to her in the other books, but he, oh, the things he does, to, I don't know. I don't know if it's worse that he, you know, punched her and that, like he hit her in the last book. I don't know if that's worse than, I don't think it's worse than trying to drown her after she's been sexually assaulted. Oh. She bothered his feelings. Like, I, and I feel so bad for up. her because as she's talking, you know, she's just like, re- like just telling her what ha- she heard. Yeah. And as she's talking, she's like, oh no. And then he yeah. freaks out, obviously, because he's an emotional child and yes. can't handle his feelings, tries to drown her. And then he comes back, right, with that truth serum mm-hmm. and asks her all those questions. And then I love though that like she asked, or he asked her um, if he she still wants to have sex with him, mm-hmm. and she says no. I'd rather fuck Lord Anders. Yeah, right? yes, um, yeah. and it's true at that point because she has the truth serum, and I was like, yes, knock him down again, Arya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, yes. And then though he asks her where her family's hiding, mm-hmm. and it causes her to almost bite off her tongue. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love that. I think it's Killian who's like, you pushed her too far. Killian who hates her, who has treated of all of Knox's little merry band of men. Killian who's had like the most visible hatred for her and has treated her the worst. Killian's like, you took it too far. You shouldn't have asked her about her family. You knew she would do this. And Knox is like, I had to do it to, she could have been lying. And Killian's like, no, this was too much. You did too much. Like, I find, I like that we're at least kind of starting to see his men push him back a little bit. And we talked about this in the last book. Like, Knox is surrounded by people who just do whatever he tells them. Like, he by yes people. They just jump when he tells them to jump. And so I like that. Um, his comrades are finally, you know, starting to push back him, push him back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like that too. I mean, although they're still assholes. Oh yeah. They're, they're, still- they're all terrible. <laughs> still awful people, but they push him a little bit more, which I think is. Uh, Except Lore. He's yeah. funny. Lore is hysterical. Yeah. yeah, but they are pushing him back more, which I like. So later on in the book, when they end up in, um, you know, the palace, there, uh, Arya is by herself and Brander comes up and tries to kiss her, seduce her. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, it turned out to all be this bet between right. all of the brothers. And Arya like rips them a new one. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. Because like they look at like Brander looks like he's, I think it's described as he looks like he's been scolded like a child uh-huh. or something like that, which is great. But also I felt like it was kind of out of character for them because mm-hmm. Knox, who likes anyone who comes up to Arya, he rattles at them to mm-hmm. that have them back off. And then Brander, I, he never really showed that much of, 
didn't seem like him. I don't know. How do you feel about that? It definitely seems kind of out of character for Knox to be like, yeah, go seduce my mate. Well, it's not, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, um, I think in that situation, Knox was, it seemed like kind of like he was just maybe being influenced by finally being home after being gone for so long, being reunited with his brothers. I don't, I, like he is really possessive of Arya, so it does seem out of character that he would make a bet to get one of his brothers to try to seduce her. I can't like if if Brander had actually su- succeeded in kissing Arya, I can't. I mean, Knox would one hundred percent end up. I feel like punishing her for his brother's actions, um, even though none of it was her fault. Um, I love. I don't know. It it was. It was an odd situation. I remember the first time I read it just being so disappointed in Brander. Because I kind of, like, I like Lore. I like Greer. And I kind of like Brander, too. You know, he's, they're all terrible (laughs) and assholes. But Brander, I feel like, has done, is pretty consistently been, like, the person that kind of checks in with Aria, like, are you okay? Do you need medical attention? He, like, when she's, you know, basically being forced to marry Knox, he's like, what can I do to help you in this situation? Like, he's, you know, kind of supportive for her. And to me, that just felt like such a, like a betrayal of, and I wouldn't call them friends, but they have some sort of, like, relationship built Mm-hmm. since this the series started and to me that just felt like such a a betrayal of whatever whatever this weird relationship friendship I don't know whatever it is that they have yeah it was it was disappointing too let's talk yeah disappointing is a good way to put it for Brander yeah because he had shown some I guess some growth and yeah. I mean all of I think all of um Knox's men in that circle had shown some growth towards yes. you know yeah um their affection towards Arya they definitely don't I mean even Killian says like I hate that I don't hate her yeah you know she's too easy to like or something like that so they've right. all grown somewhat yeah you know in their relationships yeah. with Arya so, so it yeah. just felt like a set and it also felt like a setback that I mean, just that once they get to Norvala, like everything that happens there was just such a disappointment. I feel like they, you know, in their travels, they made such progress with, with each other, Arya with the men and then the men with her. And then they get to Norvala and like Celia slaps her and nobody does anything. Mm -hmm. She calls her a whore. She's, you know, verbally very mean to her. No one does anything to protect, like, Arya can't protect herself, which is tragic, but Arya can't protect herself because if she, like, even after that, after Celia slaps her, if she tried to defend herself, then she would be attacked by Knox or his men, even though she would just be defending her. Like, I just felt so disappointed in them. Yeah. Everything, like you said, everything that happens there is awful, but that stupid play that Celia puts on. Oh my gosh. Infuriated me. I couldn't read it a second time. I had to like skim it. I was like, mm, I can't read it. Um, so, you know, I, I skimmed it. So there's a point where like Ari is like digging her hands into her, mm-hmm. or her fingers into her hands and she's bleeding. And it's just like, 
Mm, make me so mad. Celia's a bitch. I hate yeah. her. I hate her. And what what's really frustrating? So when the, when the the play happens, Knox is like Arya just takes it. Like she doesn't say. She's like, I guess that'll bring some enjoyment to your people. Like she's screaming internally, but she's not showing it on the outside. And Knox is like, if you ever do something like this again to Celia, I will send you away from this castle. I will send you home. And she's like, I'm sorry. She's not. She's bitch. But then, you know, Knox like escorts Arya to her room and apologizes for it. And Arya is like, I mean, she's just had it. She has had it. And Knox is like, what's changed? What's different? Like, what do you think? What? I don't, he like looks in her eyes or something and he's like, oh, the light's gone or, you know, looking for the fire. And it's like, I don't know what you think was going to happen, you asshole. Don't let them steal your fire. Fuck off. Like, you did this. This happened because of you. I, yeah. Allowed this to happen. It's, it's another situation where uh, Arya gets hurt, not physically, emotionally, because Knox failed to do anything to protect her mm-hmm. and then doesn't understand why she's upset. Such an idiot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. In this book, though, we do see a lot of different clues and hints into what Arya and um, Knox might be. I think it's, I, I'm like 90% sure that Arya is going to be a phoenix. Yeah. Um, so there's that one scene where she's upset after being sexually assaulted and then, um, you know, Knox trying to drown her and then making mm-hmm. her reveal things and she's, you know, closed off. And Brander asks yeah. the yeah Brander asks the girls to um, try to help her, and I don't remember which one says oh you know and I'm really upset I scream it's Shabon oh Shabon <laughs> she's the one who I says scream it. yeah and so yeah go ahead no you, you can go no so Shabon is like she walks up to Ari and she's like when I'm upset I scream and she does this like half-ass little scream and then Saraya Saraya does it too and Ari is like. like the scream that she unleashes is like encompassing the entire camp fire shoots out of her mouth and engulfs her body and then she's like screaming didn't help and she walks away (laughs) i love i love that she's like it didn't help i died (laughs) (laughs) that was and they just leave and they're just shocked they're just shocked I meant to look up more of the lore around phoenixes after, and I just didn't have time. I don't, I guess all I really know about phoenixes is that their, their tears are like, they have healing powers. They're Mm -hmm. super strong and they burst in the flames when they die and are reborn from the ashes. And she makes some comments about like coming forth from the ashes in this book, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot that, yeah. There's a lot of references to fire and burning and all of that in this, mm-hmm. in this book. I think probably in the other ones too, but I think maybe I was looking for it in this book, so it really right. stood out to me on the second read. Yes. Um, and in this book, they actually they she's shown a vision with dragons and phoenixes. 
we haven't had visualization of those creatures up until this point. So Arya and Knox have like violent, brutal sex for days. They knock down their tent. They have to have a tent put up. Yeah, (laughs) they walk out of the tent one day and Brander's like, people are scared. We're going to need you to stop this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those really satisfying scenes to me, though, because Arya Arya and Ember together, right? Mm -hmm. They're kind of working together. They, you know, cut Nox a lot, which I know that sounds, you know, messed up, but I'm like, yes, hurt him. Hurt him. Yep. (laughs) So every time she like cuts him and he like roars in pain, I'm like, good. Yes. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> she like nicks his balls at one point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he's like, that's my balls. And she's like, they don't work. <laughs> I think it's in that same scene where she looks like frightening. Like she's got her like serrated teeth and her super long claws are out and she sees Laura and through like if, Every time that he's seen Arya, this may be a different scene, but I think it's this one. He's like, yes, daddy wants one. And in this one, like she is actually terrifying. And he's like, no, daddy doesn't want one anymore. (laughs) It is that scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That was, that was hysterical. Like to scare a 700 year old monster. (laughs) She has a really hysterical conversation with her monster right in that scene where she has sex with Lennox, not this creature, where her creature, Ember, is like, abort! Nope! I'm not participating in this. Did you see that dick? Like, it's it's gonna destroy us. You should run away. (laughs) And Arya's like, we can't. can't. There's no escaping this situation. Help me. Ember's like, nope, bye. (laughs) I love that. I like how Ember, though, also goes, oh, maybe get some, ask for some pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) And Arya's like, pineapple's not the answer. (laughs) It does nothing in this situation. (laughs) So the first time she makes a nest, it's after um, her sister Anya, like that, that whole scheme to get her away from Knox where Kinvara shows up and Soraya and Shaban escape through the portal. They're in that, that castle. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so fr- it's, and Lennox takes over. It's when Lennox takes over Knox's right. body after they have sex, she starts to nest. So something about being with his monster or his creature starts this, like, it sounds like it starts this like mating process within her body that she's not aware or had and doesn't have any control of. Right. That's right. Because he marks her as well. Yeah. When they're having sex and he wants her to mark him. Yes. And she doesn't, but they say those vows to each other. Yeah. So really the only thing left of this like mating process is her marking him back. So (laughs) she makes a mess then. Becca gets in it for some reason. Becca. Aria destroys it she's like it's wrong now and destroys it she breaks the bed like claws it all up mm-hmm. and so they have to get her a whole new bed with you know new sheets everything mm-hmm. um for it and that was just a it was hysterical and then Ar- poor Arya is like I- what's happening I don't today? know why I'm doing this <laughs> And nobody will tell her though. I mean, they were kind of like, oh, it's natural. But she's like, 
I don't know how she's not prodding more about what she is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So Knox and Arya fight pretty much through the entire book, but in one situation they're arguing and she says to him, you're nothing but a fucking heartless corpse. You should have laid down and died with your family. And I think that's a fair statement. I don't, you know, Knox is the entire rest of his life since his wife died on seeking revenge. Um, and he really, I mean, you can tell he's kind of having this like existential crisis in this book because he's made all of these decisions based on what happened with his wife and child. And it's turning out that he's really been manipulated this whole time. And so he's struggling to cope and obviously taking it out on Arya. Um, but I just think it's, it's a pretty sad, ex- if you're going to live that long, it's a pretty sad existence to spend almost all of your, well, a significant amount of your lifetime, 500 years or longer, just living for revenge. Yeah. And that being the only thing that you're going for. Yeah. It seems, and it's, uh, it's really sad. I mean, can you imagine what kind of life that would be? He'd be miserable all the time, all the time. Well, I mean, and clearly he is, and he's made him into such an asshole. Yeah. And I, I do feel a little bit bad for him. So if you live 500 years in that state, get a therapist, but it, you wouldn't expect someone like that to get better rapidly. And the, the events of what's happening in this story are not taking place over a period of 500 years. I mean, it's yeah. been like a few months, I think. So I, I don't it's think. It's been like a year. I mean, that's nothing, but it's been like, yeah. I mean, the emotional work that he would have to do to become a person who's not filled with hate and rage would take longer than a year. Even with therapy. Even with therapy. therapy, It's going to take him another 500 fucking years. Right. Yeah. Um, So I guess. And I guess we're being a little bit unfair to Knox to expect him to make the the level of growth that would be appropriate for him to uh, be worthy of our girl. Yes, but just short amount of time. But he cannot try to drown her. He yes, try to stop actively killing her. Right? There are several things that happen in this book where she's like, she turns what he does to her on him, and it sucks isn't it like when like when they're having well not they're not having sex like she's asleep and he wakes her up he's still like sleep like he's dreaming and he's trying to like penetrate her and he thinks he's like having sex with his wife he calls her Liliana and tells her how much he loves her and it it's very upsetting to her mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't understand it but then later on she she turns the tides on him. She he wakes her up, like with his head between her legs, and she calls up Dimitri's name, and he is like so offended, like who touched you and how dare you call? And she's like, it hurts, doesn't it? It yeah. doesn't feel good. That's what you made me feel. So I don't know that we actually hey. find out where Sven like who Sven is. We find out that um, his wife was actually Amara. Kamara, not Amara. We find out that his wife was Kamara, 
but we like where did this child come from they wasn't couldn't it have been his kid right but his okay see i think because kamara couldn't have anything but girls right right isn't the bloodline gosh so it couldn't have been hers and when he digs them up or well he doesn't dig them up you know he opens their tombs yeah his son has the mark on his his head too mm-hmm. so i think it was another thing where they he was sort of disguised it may have been like like a, a girl, girl disguised or, as yeah a boy? Hmm. maybe so so one of the reasons why i think that he was being disguised is something because he had an amulet too oh yeah that's remember right. yeah that it was like a toy right yeah but it, it was an ambulant too like what uh his wife had yeah and then having that mark on it or the only thing that uh, would happen to she, okay so it would have been a girl i guess being disguised as a boy in that situation but i think it's it's this book right where he tells her um like you're not to fight the dark witches right yeah, yeah. and she's like okay and so arrows start piercing her and she's like Maybe I'll just let them kill me. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll just die. I'm not afraid to die. Yeah. I think she says that. She's like, I'm not afraid of death. Living sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and you're living with Knox, I'm sure. It's awful. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he tells that- her, like, okay, fight. And then she just decimates them all. Yes. But uh, I felt so bad for her because there are times in this book where she's clearly just like, just kill me. I want to die. Like, just yeah. do it already. Mm-hmm. And then Knox is like, well, why do you feel this way? What the fuck, dude? Why do you think she feels this way? Because you tried to drown her after she got sexually <laughs> assaulted. Because you told her that she was nothing more than just the scent of her vagina. That really hurt. That hurt me. We've talked about this before. I feel like there's something wrong with me. When... The, the female character, like strong female people, the, the main characters that I love, they're treated poorly, like really poorly by the main love interest. Like uh, some messed up part of me is like, yeah, I hope she does die so that you'll feel bad because you're awful. <laughs> I'm like actively rooting for the main character to be dead to punish the, <laughs> the male. <laughs> is it- there something wrong with me? Uh, no, because I feel that way too. So, do you think she's pregnant? She opens up her womb to she him. I don't. Her womb. Do we get some like uh, fertilization? Maybe. Maybe I don't know because it's. She says like as she's leaving in her badass exit, like um, that she's gonna go and she's gonna get pregnant because the only way to break Hecate's uh, curse is for or the only way to kill Hecate that's what it was the only way to kill Hecate is for the uh Hecate witch to have a son with one of the first people yeah right so she's going to find that first person to get knocked up but they did say in the last book that Knox's like Knox was descendant from them you know so I don't know if that if that would count so maybe she is pregnant and maybe she is pregnant there's one part it's uh, around the time it's earlier in the book, it's around the time she cuts out the, um, or yeah, cuts out her mark mm-hmm. and, and Knox was kind of like keeping his distance, but flirting with her from afar here. I'll read what the qu- a quote I had. He 
He had remained distant, though flirting with me from afar. It was both sexy and endearing, considering Knox could demand it or take what he wanted. No, not raping someone is just common courtesy. You don't get a medal for doing the bare minimum. Like, yes. not how that works. Like, oh, you could take it, but you didn't. That's so nice of you. You're such a hero. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I feel like that can be another PSA, too. Don't give people medals for just being, like, decent. Yeah. The, like, ugh. Just being a decent person is not something to be applauded for. That's just... That just should just be... Ha- how you live like oh you didn't kick any puppies today good for you like no do we want to talk about their wedding yeah i guess we should talk about wedding made me really sad made me really sad too made me really angry things that yes and sad angry really angry Mm when that like she's Greer walks her down the aisle, which is sweet, but there's no one sitting on her side, which is sad. They're all looking at her with derision, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finally gets down the aisle and basically has a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Right. So like yep. Knox is saying the vows to her, and she's like not breathing, like she is having a panic attack. And when they're finally married. And they're walking back down the aisle. All of Knox's people turn their back on on them. Mm-hmm. Which surprises mm-hmm. me. It surprises me that Knox doesn't do anything about that. Because as much as they're disrespecting her, they're disrespecting him. Yeah. And he's not really one to tolerate any sort of disrespect. So it surprises me that, you know, like I get, I get the message towards her. But... He's the one that's made this decision to marry her and they are his subjects. Yeah, I know. know. Another scene after they get, or when they're getting married, he says, I'm going to enjoy being your husband and fucking you anytime I want. Like I have a problem with that statement. Consent matters. Even when you're married. Yep. I agree. Because you marry someone or date them even doesn't mean you are automatically granted access to their body. After Knox and Arya get married, they have sex for five days, which mm, sounds exciting, uh, but painful. Hmm. <laughs> She's lucky to have like a magically healing vagina. I can't even imagine like the saddle soreness you would have. Especially the the descriptions of sex that they have. Like, it's aggressive. It's not like it's gentle lovemaking. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, so they have all of these really sweet moments. And that's what we want for our girl. Then Killian comes in and he's like, there's a keep being attacked. And Knox is like, okay, so they have sex again. But Knox turns it in so he like... He makes it this, like, distant and aggressive, like, trying to put distance between him and her and trying to hurt her with sex, which is, I hate that for her. I think that's awful. But mm-hmm. Knox and Arya, they're in this, like, constant cycle of, well, if you hurt me, then I'm going to hurt you back. And so 
Aria hurts him back. He's got this trunk that his wife gave him that has their pictures, like the picture of Liliana and Sven painted on the inside of it. And the lid is up. And so they have sex again. And she's like, well, you just like, you just came in front of your dead wife's picture. How do you like, oh, and it's just. Yeah. Uh, constantly hurting the other. Knox is seen taking power from the witches, his witches that he has, which means that Arya finally, like, figures out that he's not planning to really use her as a weapon, like, to have her do things. Mm -hmm. He's planning to siphon her magic from her. Yeah. Fuck Nox. Fuck that dude. But uh, during their wedding, one of the vows is, do you promise to give me your magic? sort of thing or share your magic mm-hmm. and she says something along the lines of what I can because she pulls magic from the nine realms and that's where the majority of her magic that we've seen her use has yeah. come from so we don't even really know what which magic she has I guess right. so yeah. that gets a little confusing to me I feel like I need a breakdown on like what what magic is what Mm-hmm. Cause it maybe we'll get more of that in the following books. Cause it's it is it's a little bit confusing. I do like that. That's to me. She just like takes every opportunity to stick it to Knox, and that's another way. Cause like he sees her as being this super powerful thing, but like that magic, that super powerful magic, that's the the realm magic, right? Yep. And she, it's like given to her kind of by the realms. It's mentioned that Knox uses it, but he really has to force it from the land. Yeah. Whereas it comes a lot easier to her. Several times in this book, she has these little speeches where she's like, I'm never going to stop running away from you. I'm never going to try to stop escaping you. I deserve to be treated better than this. I deserve to be with someone who loves me. I deserve to be with someone who will care for me. Who won't, and he's like, I don't hate you and I'm not going to try to kill you. Well, that's not entirely accurate. And not, not hating someone and not, not actively trying to kill them is not the same thing as being in a loving relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. And I, again, it's like he's doing the bare minimum. <laughs> Well, I mean, exactly. He's like, I'll make sure you're fed. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. I'll make sure you're fed. I'll make sure you have a roof over your head. And I'll make sure that, like, you're fucked when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not That's not the same as being in a loving relationship. And she's right. She shouldn't have to settle for that. Mm-hmm. And I love that she does escape. Because he's all like, no, you're not going to escape. And mm-hmm. I mean, how long are they even back at Knox's palace before she escapes? Like, like a couple of days. Like a couple of days. And she's like... Fuck you, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I really, so we see another instance where she's really clever at planning things too. So she knows like she, and it, this whole story has really been building toward this, this big revelation that Knox's wife wasn't really who he thought she was. His kid really wasn't who he thought he was. Um, and she knows like when that happens, he's going to lose his mind and probably try to kill her. And so she, like, she's planning. Like, she she knows she can see it coming, and she is planning. And I like that she, you know, she's so smart. She didn't mark him. Finish that claiming process the first time she had sex with Lennox. She only did it 
because she had to do it because that's the only way that his library would give her access to the other part of it. So I like that she was so careful, even though she wanted to mark him. I like that she was so careful in saving that and waiting until the right moment for her to be able to save herself. Yep. I also liked that Knox like finally really wanted it, mm-hmm. you know? So, cause you know, before he was like, get your teeth away from my throat, you witch. Yeah. And now he's like trying to hold her head there. And yes. Like, Don't stop. And she's like, nah. Yeah, pass. Pass. And pass on that. The whole connection that was made, he gives a little speech about it. You know, like, I've never felt that before. It was, or well, maybe he doesn't give a speech about it. Maybe it was in, in his, from his point of view. I've never felt that connection with somebody else's soul. And then, like, right away, he turns around and is like, I'm going to kill you. Like, come yeah. on. Uh, yeah. Just, it's wild. He's uh, so, we've talked about that before, too. He's so back and forth. I feel like he's, definitely like experiencing a lot of denial here because like with his wife there were all of these signs that she wasn't she wasn't really his mate like they could she anytime he tried to mark her she like would burst into tears she was terrified of him every time they had sex a whole 10 times in 200 years um it was excruciating for her you know, she couldn't talk, like he couldn't, he was afraid to sleep with her. And she, it sounded like, it sounds like she loved him, but it sounds like she was also terrified of him. Yeah. I mean, well, cause Greer, it wasn't really her, right? Right. It was and Greer even says like, she wasn't really a great mom either. Like mm-hmm. there's just all of these signs and he's so, I think maybe blinded by his grief. Now how like, with time, it affects your memory of things. Yep. The way that, so he, I think maybe he, it's been so long and he's grieved for so long that it's affected maybe perception or memory of how, of how yeah. things happen. Uh, let's talk about Celia and the big reveal with Amara. And also I think Celia is involved with like dark magic or something. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. So Celia's a bitch. Celia sucks. I hate her so much. <laughs> She's just absolutely the worst. Um, but yeah, she definitely has some sort of magic. Yeah. Because it's mentioned twice. She does something to Knox to make him sleep with her. Mm-hmm. And she puts those uh, bags or whatever yeah. underneath their pictures to um, and monuments of Sven and Liliana so that people remember them as they walk by and it's right. the trauma is still they never move on from their grief. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean I I could see that influencing Knox too, mm-hmm. if she's been around Knox. I just don't understand why Knox lets her get away with so much. I mean after First of all, I can't believe that he didn't force her to leave his house after she used magic to get him to have sex with her. I mean, that sounds like magical coercion, which is not good. Uh, Impaired ability to consent. But um, she just, she, 
she just gets away with so much stuff. And also she's like, really, I mean, just like how petty she is. It's almost tra- like, it's like, I almost felt embarrassed for her. Mm. Cause it's, it's pretty pathetic. So yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes me sad for Aria, but ugh, I was just so well, disgusted at her. She revealed that she had used a tonic on Amara to get her to go to betray Aria, basically that mm-hmm. she had, and she had to use three times like the normal amount of magic or whatever to get her to take Aria to the kingdom of the unwanted beast where she would be raped and murdered by Gerald and Garrett and um oh, I was just so I was so like shocked I was shocked I hated that for Arya because you know she was like it's it's not ever easy to behead your sister I would imagine but on top of that she did and her sister was innocent yeah I know and she murdered her sister then yeah although I feel like her sister probably would have been fine with it at that point because of how like evil she turned into i mean if you think about it like do you think i mean not that like, she would have been fine with it but she probably would have wanted to die it was one of those situations where, right like, yeah so many awful things i mean she what had obviously she turned her sister over and that's horrible and she had to see all those horrible things and then she had to have sex with uh what is its name garrett she had to yeah. sex with garrett who has you know a stick dick which <laughs> navi <laughs> stick dick with horrible stuff on it you know so at that point maybe you know I wouldn't want to come back from that I feel like I I would be like no this is too much guilt this is too much trauma right Celia's involvement with Amara was one thing that I wasn't like expecting to happen in this book here's this new purr that Arya (laughs) love it it's hysterical. So it's some, I guess, tone that she uses or whatever when she purrs that causes the men to like immediately ejaculate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Is it in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that was great when it happens. It happens several times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the times, so it's Knox who's inside of her at the time, mm-hmm. and then uh, Killian, Greer, and Lore, and their reactions are wait, not who's Killian, Brander, Brander and Lore, and their reactions are also different. It cracks me up. I think it's like Brander just looks kind of mortified. Mm-hmm. Lore says, what does he say? He's like, what, this what has never do- happened before. <laughs> she has. What did she do to my dick? This has never happened before. And Killian says something like, well, this doesn't make me like her any less. <laughs> that is hysterical. That is a good scene. <laughs> and then Knox says something about like, oh, well, my pride's less hurt now or, or yeah. something. Oh, so one of the things that I, I think is hysterical is that Linux, Nox's beast, likes Arya because she's durable. <laughs> he can have sex with her many times in whatever way that he wants, and she's not going to break, which I get for Nox is a big deal because he couldn't have sex with his wife without harming her. But I just 
I've never taken durability into account <laughs> when scoping out a partner. <laughs> maybe now you should. Maybe I should. Maybe I've been looking at these situations the wrong way. Like, how likely are they to break? <laughs> She's like a Toyota. <laughs> Good for 400,000 miles. <laughs> Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And although that scene just sounds like horrible, I do not believe for, I I know it's written that it's like, oh, all of a sudden she starts enjoying it, but the way that dick is described and how she like gets the head in and it's already painful Uh sounds horrible. I don't believe that just slamming down on it and rock is going to make it better. (laughs) That would, I feel like, that would rupture your vaginal canal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, forget about opening the womb. We have penetrated the cervix. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, oh, no. (laughs) She should have used the purr then. Like, got him, like, just, like, not even the tip in and made that purring sound. And then, like, there you go. All right. Everyone's done now. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Out of the two visions that she saw, um, the one where she's she's with Aiden in like a happy realm sort of thing. So I is that what she's building towards then? Is that I feel like that's sort of yeah what she's building towards. I think that's what she's building towards. And she which would be interesting. It would be interesting if that because in that vision, like Aiden is being sweet to her. And yes. so we think it's like she's pregnant with his child, but what if she's pregnant? She's in this realm and it's actually Knox's kid. And she yeah. says that she's not, she's not like happy, but she looks content. Like mm-hmm. she's settled. So what if that vision is what, what we're going towards? Yeah. And Aiden's just kind of there. I don't, I don't know how to feel about Aiden. I mean, I, I don't feel like he's going to be the, the person that she ends up with. But I'm also like, I feel like these silver haired people, I feel like they're, they're misleading. I feel like they can't be trusted. We're never given a reason to trust them, but we're already wary of them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's either going to go both ways. One, they're really awful or, and knowing Amelia, they're probably really awful. Probably awful. Like, because everybody's really wary of them, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to turn out that they're awesome and nice, and we like them. But I'm going nice. with probably awful. Yeah, we can't have nice things. No. Not in Amelia's world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that her sisters have the same sort of moral code as she does? I don't know. Uh... It seems like Luna probably doesn't since she has now joined forces with Ilsa. Um, but I, I don't know. Aria talks about how she was the only one that questioned, like they're, they're educated about which history, I guess, or their past. And Aria talks about how she's the only one who ever questioned the greatness of Hecate. She's the only one that ever questioned if she actually did these things that, you know, people are praising her for, or if she manipulated the situation to make it sound like she should be praised. Um, she's the, she makes it sound like she's the only one who ever questioned, like, if she was actually a, a helpful being or was actually a nightmare. And she calls her a bitch. She calls her a nightmare. She denounces her um, to Knox's witches, 
as well. And so I don't know that we don't get the sense or like any indication at all if Arya's sisters have those same feelings about Hecate. Um, so I don't, it's hard to say. What do you think? I don't think that they do, especially because Aurora is the one who was teaching um, them, which means that Aurora never told, you know, wouldn't have told them Mm -hmm. anything negative. Yeah. Because she didn't tell Arya anything negative and Arya just just smart and she picked up on it because she's Arya and amazing. Yeah. When Um, she says she's the only one of them that actually studied their history, that actually read those books, that actually did the research. Right. So I, I think, I don't necessarily think that they're not like moral. I think they just never question, right? right. They just never they're really followers. Question. They're more followers. Yeah. They're followers, not leaders. I have a lot of distrust and suspicion about Aurora. I'm really, really oh, yeah. curious to see where her storyline goes. I feel like next book we may see, I feel like a big betrayal is com- another big betrayal, but I feel like a big betrayal is coming from Somewhere, either with one of her sisters or with Aurora, or I feel like somebody's going to die. Maybe Arya. Maybe one of her sisters. I not one of the ones that we like. She's got a bunch of them. So there's, I mean, they're kind of expendable. (laughs) (laughs) That was my thought too. So I saw your note in here about what your prediction was and I think that, I mean, Amelia is going to have to write way more about her sisters in order for me to become attached to one of them, like, mm-hmm. so much that I'd care yeah. if she died. Because right now, she could kill one of her sisters, and I just, okay. Yeah. She's got how many more? 14? I mean, 14. Yeah. Yeah, that's and a lot. Not, yeah. You, you wouldn't even notice she's gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which one is this one? <laughs> you wouldn't even notice. Aurora's definitely sketch. Because it's even said Dimitri said something about you should hear the way Aurora talks about you. Mm-hmm. Knox, when he's talking in his own language, but Arya casts that spell so that she could hear, mm-hmm. says how Aurora is just using Arya, um, only sees her for that potential. And he says something to her about do you think it was just coincidence that she shows back up when you're born to save you from your mother? You think that's yeah. just coincidence? Yeah. And we've talked a little bit, not, not specifically about that, but about that situation that she was in as a child where her mom was like, tried to kill her multiple times. And it's like, where is everybody? Where are her like aunts? Where are her sisters? Where are her guard? Like, where are people who, if she's got such a big family, where are they? Why aren't they protecting her? So it does seem it does seem terribly convenient that Aurora just showed up. Were you surprised in the end when Knox like real, so they're having that conversation after Knox returns from his wife and son's tomb, um, furious and like Arya thought it was going to be Kamara who was in the tomb Mm -hmm. or no, not Kamara. She thought it, who did she think it was going to be? Hecate. Hecate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being Kamara. And so that means that, Hecate has been masquerading like as Ilsa this whole time. Mm-hmm. That is pretty shocking. Yes, I agree. Especially because 
Ilsa doesn't seem as bad as Hecate. You would think that if she's the goddess of magic, she would reign the same way that Hecate did. And while Ilsa's horrible, it doesn't sound as if she's doling out curses at the level that Hecate did. Right. So that makes me wonder, is she just biding her time or has she lost some power? Right. Because it's going to take like everyone to fight. I think that she's creating you know Arya's creating this other realm I'm wondering if she's just gonna hop on in there and just be like you guys can deal with yeah settle this on your own yeah we're done Mm -hmm. gonna bounce (laughs) (laughs) no she won't do that she's got too much sense of honor and she Mm -hmm. feels like she needs to clean up after people who are messing things up for her so I think she'll probably create a realm and then I don't think she'll be able to stop herself from interfering. She's a fixer. She is. She's a fixer. Final thoughts on this book? Man, what a roller coaster. I felt so many things while reading this book, and I really enjoyed it. I cannot wait for the next one. It should be out hopefully sometime this spring just like just dying to figure out where we go from the end of the last of this book what about you what are your final thoughts same i i love this book it like you said a roller coaster i had so well i had you know uh, anger was my main emotion reading this (laughs) (laughs) i did have other emotions but it was a lot of anger and i'm ready to see aria i hope that i think in the next book she's really going to grow and develop more into and accept her magic and her creature we'll get hopefully more resolution of that um so that's what i'm looking forward to the next one but i loved this book like i said i think it's the best out of the three so far all right so that wraps up our discussion of ruins of chaos by amelia hutchins we hope that you enjoyed it and we hope that you join us next week we'll be discussing a book called asterian by alessa thorne it is the first book in the series. It's called The Court of the Underworld. Next week, we'll be releasing a, a special little extra episode. So we interviewed uh, we interviewed an author. Her name's Harriet Moore, and she has written books, but she's also heavily involved with uh, this event that's happening in February called fantasy romance february or far fm so tune in for that short little interview we're going to give out lots of information about fantasy romance february she will share all of the details and then this is also going to be the inspiration for the books that we choose when we release our episodes in february so uh, stay tuned for that thank you for listening to literary quest We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.